Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. What? So, so, just a moment. That halfling cook from your ship was the one who found you in the city of Martek. How? Why? What? Well, old Ludwig Brambledown was not just a simple ship's cook. In fact, if you meet any of our brethren from Mootland with the surname Brambledown, I guarantee that there will be much, much more to them them meets the eye. Och, but why? What's so special about these Brambledowns then? Ah, of course. Being from Albion as you are, I guess you'll have uh, not come across them. To be true, there are very few halflings in Albion. In fact, I never even met one in person until I travelled in Astalia. Although, that said, we truthsayers, of course, know of the halfling race. During my time at the seminary, we were taught that the halflings were one of the last races to be created by the old ones. One last attempt to create a magically resistant race. And in this, they were at least successful. But in all other ways, they were not what was anticipated at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are no dwarf, elf, nor man. A rather mean-spirited acquaintance of mine once described them as paler, plumper goblins. But uh, from my experience, they are much better than that. Although they are only good at four things. Talking, eating, drinking, and cooking. Or, in other words, they are very good to have around when one is carousing. But uh, at other times... Uh... Ah, yes, 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 yes. All that is true. But the Brambledown clan are a clan apart. For, unlike every other clan... They are keen on travel and not opposed to a bit of a adventuring. If you are in Reichland and happen to have a, the good fortune to meet a halfling, more likely than not, they'll be a bramble down. They are oft exceptional individuals with a particular fondness of rivers and mischief. Although they're still halflings, of course, so they like their food and drink as much as any one of their race. Now, my shipmate, Ludwig Brambledown, was one such individual, but uh, let's start at the beginning, eh? Now, if you recall me saying, my old ship, the Ava Phantom, was once an old war galley of the Empire's Navy that had had a long and illustrious career on the open seas, but eventually, like us all, it grew too long in the tooth and was sent up the river Reich to be decommissioned in Nuln. However, before it was stripped, ravaged and hacked up, out of the blue it was bought up by a younger member of the wealthy Richthofen family, uh, a man known as Hans the Fool. 
the youngest of five siblings, and someone eager to prove themselves and make their own way in the world. He spent a few coins from his daddy's purse first, though, to refit and recommission the boat as a merchant ship. Unfortunately, Hans was not only a uh, wannabe entrepreneur, he was also a compulsive gambler who duly lost the vessel in a game of cards to an old salty dog, Dandalos, the bleak Redlocks, the legendary card shark, renowned for his dour, unreadable countenance. Old Dandalos Redlocks didn't have much use for a boat though, but his daughter did, a girl who'd grown up on the Reich and was obsessed with sailing. Perhaps you recognise Dandalos's surname, Redlocks. You should, for he was the father of Fascia Redlocks, she who commanded the Ava Phantom during the time that I sailed upon her. Fascia immediately went about recruiting a crew for her new boat, and one of these was a young halfling of her acquaintance, Ludwig Brambledown. Ludwig was actually the son of a river warden, one of those who uh, patrol the waterways of the Empire, seeking out smugglers and wrongdoers. Ludwig, though, worked as a, as a huffer. Ah, sorry, I mean a, a boatman. Those that travel the rivers, transporting goods and passengers. Halflings make a good fit on a riverboat, where their uh, sharp eyes are great assets. However, the life of a boatman tends to be a, a bit of an unfulfilling one for many. The dream of many a huffer is to save enough money to either purchase their own boat or buy a piece of land and take up farming. Neither of these really tempted Ludwig though, and so he saved up his coins towards starting up a kitchen back in Nuln. This, within the space of a couple of years, he duly did. There were rumours he'd got enough money together so quickly through the smuggling of rare artefacts on the side, but I, uh, I can't confirm that. Anyway, his kitchen, the uh, halfling hot pot, was most successful with river folk coming from all around, and one of his regulars was, yes, Fascia Redlocks. She offered him the place of cook on her new boat, and to buy out the landlord of the land his kitchen was on and allow it to exist rent free. The only condition was that he join her boat for a minimum of 10 years. After uh, quite a bit of thought, he agreed and got his retired mother and father and his younger brother to run the place in his absence. It was obviously on the ship that I met Ludwig and I found him a most amicable fellow. He possessed an endearing curiosity and a very forthright way of being. He was generous to a fault with what he had and after years of saving for his kitchen, he now preferred to spend whatever he had on living it up in the here and now. Oh, yeah, I can certainly relate to that sentiment. But uh, how was it that he was the one to find you in the city of Martek, might I ask? Well, he didn't go traipsing across the great desert to find me, rest assured that that was not the case. I too, though, was beyond surprised when I saw him, and so I got him to tell me exactly what had happened. 
Here, I know a tavern nearby, the Dancing Sphinx, where we'll uh, not be disturbed. They'll let anyone in, and their menu of drinks is uh, extensive. Let's get ourselves a couple of bevies, and uh, why don't you tell me all? Ramble down. Ah, yes, that sounds like a plan to me. Well, come on then. Bottoms up then. Indeed, my old friend. Fisuhatika, as they say here. Or, cheers, in the common parlance. (sighs) My first drink of alcohol since, why, by the gods, since I left the Ava Phantom. Come on then, Bramble Down. Spill the beans. How did you find me? I imagined myself abandoned, thought dead and forgotten. Oh, no, no. Gensha quickly heard and deduced the truth of it. And so then did he find the Tuareg that he sought. The traders. Is the ship fixed? Yes and yes. What happened was this. You lot went your way with that scoundrel, Sully, and we went ours. We journeyed along the riverbanks of the Mortis following its southeastern curve. What a, what a desolate place. We saw few living things apart from the birds of prey in the sky and the scarabs huffing dung around. We travelled in the early morning and evening, taking shelter during the warmest part of the day and then building a fortified camp each dusk. Gensha knew what he was doing, for the undead were more active at night. Ah, yes. Of this I'm painfully aware. As was Tamo. What? Uh, is, is that is that Tamo's skull? I knew you two were close. I didn't know that you were that close. In spite of the uh, rumours. <laughs> I, uh, I offer my condolences. I, too, had hoped that he had survived. Alas, it was not to be. None of it. It's fine. I'll be fine. Please, continue. Yes. Our camp was often beset by ancient undead patrols coming over from the nearby necropolises of Kemri. At least, that is what Gensha said. Seems he'd spent some time in this area, fighting up near the marshes of madness in his younger days. Anyways, I used to uh, keep my head down during the fighting. Easy to do when you're a sensible height like me, rather than being a longshanks like your good self. You may as well uh, paint a target on your chest. But we survived all these. Gensha was there, swinging his hammer about with wild abandon as usual, cracking skulls and crushing ribcages. The rest shot off their muskets, but it wasn't half as effective and made an awful racket. And I said as much to his face. Gensha, this noise is only going to attract more trouble. What are we doing? (laughs) That's what I'm counting on, Bramble Down. That's what I'm counting on. Anyways... I thought him mad, but, as ever, his hand turned up trumps. Just to the north of the capital of the two kings, as we were beset by yet another patrol, we heard the hoofbeats of a group of warriors coming towards us. I kicked Gensha in his shin and shouted my frustration. Cavalry! 
That's it. We're done. What an ignominious end to this Bramble Down's life. Ah, at last. I thought she'd never come. The newcomers did not aim their weapons at us. Instead, they swarmed over the skeletons attacking us. Swiping off heads with their curved blades, crushing them under the hooves of their black steeds, and setting them alight with flame-tipped arrows. And then I saw her, astride a white mare at the centre of the melee. Their leader, a powerful warrior, brandishing an ancient spear like the ones the undead wielded, and smashing apart each and every skeleton within reach. Gensha fought all the harder upon spying the woman and made his way through the morass of enemies to reach their chic queen. Your Majesty, imagine seeing you here on the front lines. And from where I was holed up, I saw her leap from her horse to embrace our learned Ulrich Gensha. What? Who, who was this woman? Oh, an old flame, apparently. She was the queen of a tribe called the Tuareg, and her name was Tin Hinan. Despite being an old flame, though, it seems that the fire was very much alive between the two of them. Oh, really? I do look forward to hearing more from the lips of the man himself in that case, then. Anyways, after our inevitable victory, Gensha informed us that we have found the Arabians that we sought, and that they would aid us in securing the supplies we would need. And so it came to pass. The Queen and her entourage returned to the Ava Phantom with us and set up camp near the ship in order to provide us with some protection. Genja then accompanied a group of them to secure the timber, rope and whatnot that we needed. He was gone for three weeks. Upon his return, although he was successful, his mood was black. He sat down with me in the galley to uh, down a few glasses of aquavitae and told me what he had discovered. They're gone. Septimus, Tamo, Raleigh, and the, all the others are dead. Some Tuareg scouts found some recently killed and devoured corpses out in the Swamp of Terror over to the west. By the weapons and ripped garments left behind, they were clearly old worlders. Seems they fell foul of the forces of the Strigoi ghoul king of Morgheim, Igvad the Insane. Keeper of the Hound of Caden. It is said that no one survives a run-in with him and his cannibals. Wouldn't surprise me if that Sully had led them there on purpose to f sacrifice them and uh, maybe curt favour with the feral vampiric monarch for some, I don't know, nefarious end. We sat in silence for a moment before toasting your memory, Septimus. Suddenly, from outside, we heard one of the Tuareg calling for Gensha. He got up, his usual figure seemingly absent, and all but forced himself to go to the side of the boat. It was a summons to see the Sheep Queen, and uh, he left immediately. I had a few more glasses on my own whilst I prepared the evening meal for the crew. It was uh, worms again. Some of the Tuareg had shown me how to catch and cook them. Oh, really? Worms? 
How did you prepare them, then? <laughs> you see, it's questions like that that are the reason why we are friends. Anyways, first I had to catch them, but that wasn't so difficult. There was a tree that flourished near the river, which the Tuareg called the Mopene. You could find them in the ground there, and in the trunk, and on the leaves. What I'd do next was I'd pull out their guts and spines and squeeze out the icky goo that you'd find inside them. Then I would just uh, wash and cook them up, like you would do with uh, any other kind of meat. They took well to being uh, fried. Honestly, I had so many that I uh, took to drying them out in the sun and preserving them. Anyways, just as I was finishing up this meal, Gensha suddenly burst in. He lives. Septimus lives. And he's living with the Tuareg out west. What? 